part of Double P Media, doublepmedia.com. Welcome back to Bustin' Blockbusters. Matt here with you. You know that I've been doing my MCU rankings for Phase 2, the quantity rankings, where I just take a few categories and I count how many times it happened for me in this watching. And I've been able, for the most part, to be able to talk about each of these films in about five minutes, which is why I've been doing these about five minutes about specials here recently and just releasing one a week. For my number one ranked MCU phase two film, it's impossible to talk about in just five minutes. So we're not calling this about five minutes about. It's just a singular episode of Bustin' Blockbusters where I'm going to talk about my number one quantity rated film, Captain America Winter Soldier. Get this, guys. Captain America the Winter Soldier scored 46 quantity points with me this time. That's the highest number of quantity points scored of any film that I have ranked so far. It included six instances where I laughed out loud. These are worth one point apiece. When Sam says to Steve, you should take a lap. Did you just take a lap? I assumed you just took a lap. Laugh every time that line comes out. Because that's me. There's no way that I could keep up with Captain America either. The next one is when Captain America says to Natasha, secure the engine room, then find me a date. And she responds by saying, I'm multitasking. Love that. The next one is that the air conditioning is fully operational when Fury asks what's not damaged. I still laugh every time when Natasha asks Steve if his last kiss was in 1945. The fifth time that I laughed out loud was after Natasha kicks Sitwell off of the roof and then keeps trying to set Steve up with someone. The final point went to Natasha after she took out Pierce's team and said, I'm sorry, did I step on your moment? And that concludes the laugh out loud point. Each time I note the score, it also gets one point apiece. This score is one of my favorite scores in all of the MCU, and there were 12 instances where I noted the score this watching. So that is a total of 12 points. The first instance happens on the Lemurian star sequence where we get introduced to Henry Jackson's Captain America theme. It's probably one of my favorite all-time themes and bits of scoring in the entirety of the MCU. Instance two was when Cap sees Project Insight. And it uses that Captain America theme to a certain extent, but... Out of that particular two-note motive, or little theme built out of a two-note motive, it builds it into something that is even bigger. And this is more like a S.H.I.E.L.D. theme than the Captain America theme by being built into something bigger. My third instance is at the Smithsonian. It's a very nice, moving tribute by Jackson to Silvestri's original Captain America theme. There are some changes, of course, but that first motive in the horns that you hear at the museum is the same shape as Silvestri's. And following that on through, it does go into the new theme by Jackman as he continues to look at exhibits about the Howling Commandos. And then there are variations on the original theme again towards the end, and that is extraordinary. The next scoring instance comes from the time that Cap jumps out of the elevator all the way through to him taking out the plane. The next instance is during the whole sequence of Bucky hunting Steve, Sam, and Natasha. 
The next time is the presentation of the theme again when Stan Lee, the security guard, discovers that the old uniform has been taken. The next instance is under Steve's speech to S.H.I.E.L.D. And this theme can just be soul, soul piercing, patriotic, and yet conflicted and also resolute at the same time. I love how just a simple motive can convey all of those emotions when put under good acting. The next instance, after the whole Charlie lock and the helicarriers start to aim towards each other. Finally, after all of the minor chords that we've had in this film, we get a major chord, if only for a few instances. The next instance is as Bucky and Cap are fighting and Bucky says, you're my mission. The whole tragic version of the theme underneath that is so emotional. The next instance is the piano version of the main theme as Bucky saves Steve. The second to last instance is underneath Natasha telling off Congress. And the final instance is during the end credits. Just a great version, most of the time, of the same themes, but treated in just such ways that they really work under each scene they're placed in. The next category is the holy bleep category, meaning was I surprised? This is a phase two film. I'm not really going to be surprised by much of anything of these films. I've seen them so often and their stories are so embedded in my mind. There's really no surprise. So no points for holy bleep, even though an instance would have been worth two points apiece. Next up is the fist pump. Times when I physically fist pumped as I watch this film. I do that a lot. And I especially do it a lot in this particular film. They get two points apiece for every time that I do it. And that's a total of 20 points this time around. The first one, when Natasha shows up with her fossil joke. And maybe that should have been a laugh out loud. But for me, it's more of a fist pump for me. The next instance is seeing Natasha just kick total butt in the engine room. The next instance is Nick Fury telling Captain he needs to get with the program that S.H.I.E.L.D will isolate threats before they happen. And Cap responds by saying, don't hold your breath. I love that because it hints right at the freedom that Captain America is alluding to that ends up also coloring his take on the Sokovia Accords in Civil War. The next instance is when Cap takes out the jet and lands with the shield sticking in the foreground. The next instance is after Natasha kicks Sitwell off of the roof and we see Falcon for the first time as Falcon, as Sam brings Sitwell back. The next instance is Natasha saving herself from the bridge fall with her cord. And either she learned that trick from Barton, or Barton learned it from her. I'm not sure which it is, but it has to be one way or the other. The next fist pump was when Hill shows up to save Cap, Sam, and Natasha. To me, that's probably the least likely out of many unlikely scenarios to save Cap, Sam, and Natasha. But I love it. I always give a fist pump whenever Steve gives that speech to S.H.I.E.L.D. The second to the last instance is Fury's entrance after Natasha says, company's coming. And my final fist pump was Natasha telling off Congress. You'll notice that some of my scoring points and some of my fist pump points went together. I can't tell you which one affected the other more. Our final category is the teary category, parts where I started to break down or got a little misty-eyed or stuff like that. There were four instances of that worth eight points. The first one being, look, I'm always going to get a little misty-eyed anytime I see Peggy being sick and also the Alzheimer's or the dementia or whatever it is that is affecting her. 
It's that look on Steve's face just for a split second and then him covering it up. I'm never not going to get misty eyed on that scene. The next teary moment that always gets me is as Bucky and Steve fight in the helicarrier. You're my friend. You're my mission. It gets me every time. It's like this weird feeling of, of tragedy for the whole situation that has them being alive all these years later. They're the only people that they really have from each other from, from that time. And they should have this connection because of that and so many things. And they just don't, even though Steve's trying to reach out. The third instance is with you to the end of the line. And then finally, it's as Bucky has saved Steve and is bringing him to the shore and then walks away. I've got a few notes as well. Natasha is a complete badass and a complete, well, smartass in this movie, and I love all of it. In addition to that, regarding her, I really like the bonding of Cap and Natasha this movie. Nothing bonds you, I guess, like being assassin or somebody trying to kill you when you're together. Uh, but it really lays the groundwork for her ending up coming to Steve at Peggy's funeral and switching sides at the end of Civil War. And I think part of that is seated in the fact that she tells Steve that she owes him in terms of him saving her life when the bunker is bombed. That's a double B. She tells him that at Sam's. And I feel like she does pay it back in the airport in Germany. And of course, Sam helping them out in this movie goes a long way towards Civil War and getting the shield from Cap at the end of Endgame. Just a little Easter egg. You've probably all caught it by now, but I love that Sitwell mentions Stephen Strange as a future threat in regards to the algorithm. I still think that the whole sequence of Bucky coming after them from the car onward is one of the best action sequences in the MCU. Great stuff. And, of course, the whole Bucky thing plays out in the course of Civil War and all the way through to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's a great story arc that they gave Bucky. Sharon Carter in this film as well. I love the way that that led into her helping Cap and Sam and Bucky in Civil War. I was quite shocked by her story in Falcon and Winter Soldier, but it was definitely interesting. One last note, I thought Robert Redford did a really good bad guy in this movie. I also love the introduction of Wanda Maximoff in the first after credit scene. And, of course, Bucky finding out who he really was at the very end at the museum. So those are my quantity rankings for MCU Phase 2. I'm not done with this film yet. I so thoroughly enjoyed this score by Henry Jackman, and I know I've talked a little bit about it already, but this one is going to get a little bit more of a musical focus regarding how a very simple motif can become so emotionally important. So as I've already mentioned multiple, multiple times before, I feel like Henry Jackman's score is something that continues to make this film very compelling. There is something about a theme that is just littered throughout the whole film and depending on the way that he harmonizes it or even the context of the scene itself that makes it change complexions, that gives it new depth of meaning depending on what you're seeing on screen. It really is kind of like this universal net of emotion. But there are so many ways to think 
of this theme for this film. And one of the ways that I like to do it, and if you've been listening to the Parsec Passion podcast covering Obi-Wan Kenobi with Bubba and Catfish by Double P Media, you'll probably think that I sound like a broken record or that I'm just on some kind of tangent or something. But this particular theme really works this way, as well as the Obi-Wan Kenobi theme composed by John Williams. This one has two parts to it that represent the man and the mission. It's such a gorgeous theme, and one of the best versions of it, one that is the most emotional version of it, is actually done by the piano towards the end of the film when Bucky is bringing Cap to the shore and then leaves him behind. And it really is the best way to demonstrate the harmony and the melody of the theme as they work together as an original theme. And then all of the other applications of harmony or what have you are changed in different points of the film to fit that particular scene. But first, let's just play it, shall we? Just an amazing piece of music. And I always like to look at music in several different parts. But one thing I look at is melodic shape, which is how far the notes go up or down or the distance between notes. And one thing that I love about the shape of this particular melody is how it's always reaching for something. It's just like Captain America was always reaching for a higher idea more pure than everybody else's. So it always starts with a great leap like this. And then, you know, circumstances push it back down. So he has to take a little step. And so he tries again, but it doesn't get quite as high. But he's still gaining ground and he finds that middle ground right at the end. It's now centered. And that's a great way to add narrative and motive behind a character just by using melodic shape. And then the harmony that is used typically tells us what emotion to feel about that journey. Because while the version that I just played for you is very pretty and has a wonderful harmony underneath it that feels sad, quite frankly... That's not the way we first hear it in this film. We first hear it in this film during the Lumerian star sequence where Cap is in fighting mode. And listen to how there's a difference in the way the harmony feels when that happens. There's a lot more power in that. Also, the chords aren't really moving. There's still that same note in the bass. It's anchored in the mission. So we learned about the man and his characteristics through the shape of the melody, but it's the harmony that tells us about what the mission is. At the end, in the version that I played you, at the beginning of this segment, that's sad because Bucky did save this guy's life, but still walks away. Yet the version that I just played for you, that's Captain going headlong first into getting the job done, the militaristic side of the mission. Not only that, 
but when things are more battle-oriented, Jackman dresses it all up. The theme is still there, but there are other little elements that he adds in. Fast-moving elements. Things that help separate the beat into even smaller beats, and that's what gives us the excitement during these fight sequences. Principally, he used this motive throughout the film to work with his main theme for a captain. By adding that kind of motion to go along with these long-sounding notes, these long chords, these notes that stretch way up, but yet you still have this figure going that stays pretty much in the same area. That is really good musical storytelling. And that's all I've got to say about the music. So there you go. Captain America, the Winter Soldier, in its completion. Not only my top-ranked quantity-ranking Phase 2 film, but one of my favorite films of the entire MCU. I really appreciate you joining me this time. Now that I have completed all of these little mini segments ranking the phase two of MCU, I will be able to now put together a singular video and it'll be going up on the double P media YouTube when they have time to put it up. They've got a lot of things going on. So you should be sure to check out double P media, not only their YouTube, which is at youtube.com slash C slash the word double the letter P the word media but you should also check out their website, the word double, the letter P, the word media.com, and of course, all of their socials, such as at Twitter and Instagram, the word double, the letters PHQ, and be sure to check out their Facebook page as well, facebook.com slash the word double, the letters PHQ. As for me, I'm at Bust Blockbuster on Twitter, so be sure to check me out follow me if you wish. I would love to hear from you what you think of these rankings and such. I also like it when you share the love, when you share the podcast information with your friends or with your fellow social media peoples. Thank you very much for doing that. Leave reviews where you can, written reviews. They're very helpful. I promise I will share them on the podcast as well. And coming up for this particular podcast, we still have the music from Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness to look at. Danny Elfman did the score for it. I loved his Batman score. And he's released an album, but not everything that was in the film made the album. So I am waiting for the film to come out on Disney Plus before I do a complete review of Danny Elfman's score for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. You'll have that soon. In September, we will be covering Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power on Amazon. And then later in the year, hopefully, now that the Wheel of Time production has concluded, has been wrapped, hopefully we will get Wheel of Time towards the end of the year as well, or at the beginning of next year. You can find everything that I do at mattsaudioblog.com, M-A-T-T-S audioblog.com. And you can also find a contact form there if you want to email me through that contact form. Or you can just simply send an email to mattsaudioblog at gmail.com. M-A-T-T-S audioblog at gmail.com. Thanks for joining me.